Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. So glad you could join us for Father's Day, a day that we uh, set aside some time to celebrate dads. And, and so one of the ways we're doing that on your way out today, we've got some grilling spices for you. So dads or, or men, feel free to grab one of those. For some reason, nothing says Father's Day like the grill. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we encourage you to uh, pick up some spices on the way out just as a thanks for, for coming today and joining us as a part of your Father's Day celebration. Uh, but if we... I think we, we could be honest to say it's, it's tough to be a dad sometimes and, and tough to be a parent. There's lots of responsibility to work a job and, and provide for a household and to be a good husband, to, to raise kids. It's, it can be a weighty endeavor sometimes, but of course it's, it's not meant to be something we do alone. It's meant to be something that we do with God. And so today I, I want to look at a couple of things. Uh, number one, the, the value of the of leading well. We, it really is important that as followers of Jesus, yes, as dads too, but as followers of Jesus, we should lead well in life, in every endeavor, and, and in every sphere of influence that we have. And, and there's some really important reasons why, and, and then we'll get into, well, how do we do that? Because, you know, it doesn't do any good to say, well, we should lead well, and then just kind of leave you there. We, we need to figure out how can we lead well in life as a follower of Jesus? And yes, our households are a part of that. And so what we want to do is take a look at one of our characters in Scripture. It's great sometimes to look at those characters to, to be able to glean from. Here's some good things that we could do. And, and then, of course, we always have those examples of, and here's some things maybe we shouldn't do. We get both of those, just like anybody looking at our lives. You know, you follow any one of us around, I'm sure people would say, yeah, that's a great thing to follow, and yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, we, we learn that way, and, and so Scripture helps us in that same way. So if you have your Bibles... Hey, I hope you've got God's word. We want you in God's word. That's why we say that if you're new to Connection Point Church. But we want you uh, daily in God's word. And, and so if you don't have a Bible with you today, you're welcome to, to use one underneath the chair in front of you and take it home as a gift from the church if you don't have one at home. But we're going to be in Genesis this morning, Genesis chapter 12. We want to look at some, some things from the life of Abraham. He gives us some clues on how we can lead well. So Genesis chapter 12, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word, simply to just recognize we, we don't take it for granted that God gave his word to us, so we want to, to look at that. So we're going to take a look at the first three verses of chapter 12, and then we'll jump to verse 10. So starting in verse 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's household to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And to him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then in verse 10, now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with you, with me, because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram, and he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, and male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. 
But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. I'm sure you're thinking that's kind of an odd Father's Day text. (laughs) But I promise you there's some good principles in there that we could learn from. Uh, As you consider this passage, here's what's amazing to me. It's amazing to me, the first three verses tell Abraham, Abraham, you will be a blessing to the nations. And then, a couple episodes later, he winds up being a curse to the nations. And that was not God's intent for Abram's life. And it's because Abraham, on the front end, wasn't leading very well. But it was important that Abraham led well. It's important that we lead well. And there's a couple of reasons why it's important, and I want to get to that first. And the first is we must lead well, because God demands it. Man, we've got to lead well, because God expects it. God expected Abraham to lead well. It's an expectation. God told Abraham that through him, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God expected Abraham to be a blessing as a leader. But because of a lack of character, Abraham wound up being a curse. And what were those character issues? that kept Abraham from being a blessing. I think the first thing you see is fear. Fear inhibited Abraham from being all that God meant him to be. Abraham was promised by God that he'd become a great nation. So the the Lord has already spoken this over Abraham's life, but he feared death even still. He said he'd be blessed, that God would make his name great, but he doubted God. He quickly forgot that promise as he looked upon the great nation of Egypt and upon mighty Pharaoh. In fear, Abraham told Sarah to tell the Egyptians she was a sister. Here's the point. Abraham feared men more than he trusted God. Abraham feared men more than he trusted God. And we can be guilty of the same thing. You know, we we feel led to change careers, that God is leading us one direction, and maybe make a move with our families, and that God doesn't really went out there because fear takes over and, and we don't step into what God has for our lives, but that's, that's hard. We can't step into the extraordinary lives God offers us unless we're willing to live faith-filled lives. But what other character issue do we find? Insecurity. Abraham was an insecure leader. Maybe you never considered that. Well, one of the characteristics of insecure leaders is they avoid confrontation. Abraham did not want to face Pharaoh, so he came up with a plan to avoid it insecurity. It robs us of the future that we're meant to have with God. Abraham failed to be a blessing to Pharaoh because he was an insecure leader. Insecurity, what does it do? It damages our relationships with others. So it's not a good thing. Abraham, he struggled with fear and insecurity. And what that led to is him becoming a passive leader. He became a passive leader. When entering Egypt, Abraham pursued the path of least resistance. And that's what passive leaders do. Passive leaders out of a place of fear and insecurity, they act in passive and damaging ways. And what did Abraham's passive leadership do? Put his wife at risk. Uh, We have to be careful that we do not become passive leaders because it will impact those that we're called to lead. We can't be passive in leadership. So then how do we overcome that? How do we overcome fear, insecurity, and passivity? We do that 
by becoming firm in who we are as children of God in whom the Spirit of God dwells. We overcome fear, insecurity, and passivity by understanding we live in God's unshakable kingdom. Those truths need to be centered to who we are. And if they're not, the question is, well, how do those become centered? How do I become firm as a child of God in whom the Spirit of God dwells and understand I live in his unshakable kingdom? A couple of things that you can do. You abide daily. You've got to spend time with God every day. And you've got to journey with others who are journeying with Jesus. Those are the two things. And really, that's the takeaway from today's message. You, it's important that you lead well. It's important that I lead well. But the only way that we lead well is if we abide in Jesus daily and we journey with others who are journeying with Jesus. That's what we've got to do. I would encourage you, if you haven't taken a bi-daily guide from the seat back, take that home with you today. Read it today. Start today to abide in Jesus, to abide in him every day. And he'll abide in you. That's the promise. And if you're not in the Connect Group this summer, grab a Connect Group catalog from the seat back. Sign up for a Connect Group this summer so that you can journey with others who are journeying with Jesus. For you to lead well, you must abide daily and journey with other people who love Jesus. And it is important that we lead well. Why else? Because our families deserve it. It's important that we lead well because our families deserve it. Sarah deserved a husband who would step up and lead, to be her protector, to not take the path of least resistance. But instead, what she got was a husband that made her vulnerable for his own profit and gain. Abraham gave Sarah to Pharaoh, and Abraham, what's he do? He received sheep and oxen and donkeys and camels and servants. He became wealthy at Sarah's expense. Now, there was no win for Sarah here. She would be the one who'd be forced to live intimately with Pharaoh. She'd be the one put at risk so Abraham could be comfortable. We cannot afford to be passive leaders in our homes. It puts our families at risk. We can't afford it to be passive leaders in our homes. So then what does it look like? What does it take to, to lead in the home? Leading at home, it requires sacrifice. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes time that we could use to save the world. Or so we like to think. We have to be careful. Here's something important to remember. That we do not consider our leadership on the home front any less important than our leadership in the workplace. We can't consider our leadership at home any less important than our leadership in the workplace. Shelly and I, we, we made a vow that our kids would be our best disciples. And we're committed to that. We know that we're not perfect parents. Sometimes we don't even feel like we're good parents. But we are committed to saying, oh, that our kids would be our best disciples, our best disciple makers. So we work hard at it. And we make plans for the future to in, try to ensure it. And leading at home, it does not produce quick results. I'm sure you figure that out if you're a parent. It is a long and bumpy road. And all parents of teenagers said... <laughs> I used to be a high school teacher, I can say that. When we look at the story of Abraham, we find that Isaac deserved to have a father who could be a good role model of what it looked like to trust in God. But he didn't have that at first. Because then as you look at Genesis chapter 26, what we find is, is what we model for our kids is what they will later do. Look at Genesis chapter 26. It says, now there was a famine in the land. That sounds familiar. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 12. Besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land and I will be with you and will bless you. 
For to you and to your offspring I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So God reiterates the same promise to say, Isaac, who is the son of Abraham, Isaac, the same promise is for you. Your generations will be like the stars in the sky. You will be a blessing to all nations. So he's trying to remind them. We've got to have vision for the future so that we can step into it. But even when we have vision for the future, sometimes we fall short if we don't have the right trust in God. Because watch what happens for Isaac. And God tells him, because Abraham obeyed my voice, obedience matters, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So eventually Abraham figures some things out, but it took a little while. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, she's my sister. I wonder where he learned that from. For he feared to say my wife, thinking lest the men of the place should kill me because of Rebekah, because she was attractive in appearance. When he'd been there a long time, a Bebelite king of the Philistines looked out a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. So Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, she is your wife. How then could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, because I thought lest I die because of her. Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might easily have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned all the people saying, whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. I don't know if you've ever considered, would you want your kids modeling your behavior? I don't know about you, but as a parent, like your kids will be doing something and you'll get after them. And then you sit back and you're like, that looks familiar. I've seen that before. And then the longer you parent, the more quickly you see it upon yourself and you realize, kids, I know I did that. I really should not have done that. I'm sorry that you followed in my footsteps. So you have to learn as a parent, what kind of behavior are we modeling? Because that which we model is what our kids will follow. So let's model the right behavior. Let's model trust in God so that our kids will trust in God. Let's model confidence in who we are as children of God who live in his unshakable kingdom so our kids can live in that same way. Our families deserve good leadership. Our families deserve role models that they can pattern their lives after. It's important to become the leader your children need and you can't do that alone. You can't. To lead well, you've got to abide daily. And you've got to journey with others who are journeying with Jesus. And we must lead well because God demands it and our families deserve it. But the other reason we must lead well is because the world is starving for it. We need to lead well because the world is starving for it. Pharaoh needed an example of someone who was following God. You ever think about that? Pharaoh, this great and mighty ruler who people were coming to in a time of famine, he needed someone who could point them to the living God. Abraham failed, and the nation suffered for it. And Pharaoh's not the only one to suffer harm at the hand of Abraham. You look at Genesis chapter 20. So Abraham does this in Genesis chapter 12, but you find he still continues in that pattern. Sometimes character takes time. So part of our encouragement this morning should be, we're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. But God can help set things straight in our lives and to be the people that he wants us to be. But Genesis chapter 20 says, From there Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Negev, and live between Kadesh and Shur. And he sojourned in Gerar, and Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, again, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. 
But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, so here's what I love. God says to Abraham, you will be a blessing. Abraham winds up being a curse. So by round two, God's like, I got to step in here. These poor nations. Abraham's going to eventually figure it out. But God shows up in a dream for Abimelech. And here's what he says. Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman you've taken, for she's a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart, in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart. And it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he may pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid that Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you see that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah for him, for his wife to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Pharaoh and Abimelech, they suffered harm because Abraham did not lead well. We need to think about that for our lives. The people in our lives, our neighbors, our work colleagues, all of those that we come in contact with, if we're not leading ourselves well, according to how God would have us live, then they could suffer harm that they are not meant. And what that looks like is them not coming to know who Jesus is. We're called to be good news carriers. Are we being those kind of people? The world is looking for leaders of character, leaders that are not perfect, but are transparent, Leaders that, that show us integrity, loyalty, and commitment. Leaders who are fearless and secure. And so how do we come, become those kinds of leaders? I told you the takeaway today. You need to spend time with Jesus every day. Abide daily. And you need to journey with those who are journeying with Jesus. Because they'll encourage you to live that life for a long time. We can't do it on our own. We've often said, I've said it over and over, we may make a decision to follow Jesus by ourselves, but we've got to grow in Jesus together. You need other men and women in your life who encourage you to follow after Jesus. So please do that. Lead well as a follower of Jesus. God demands it. Your family deserves it. And the world, it really is starving for it. And as I close, I want you to know I full well understand the challenges of being a father in our world today. Maintaining a job, taking care of a home, raising kids, being a good husband. It can seem crushing sometimes. It really can. It's an incredible load to bear but it's not a bear you were meant to bear alone. In fact, it's a load you cannot bear on your own. Uh, the weight will eventually crush you. And, and so my encouragement is, start spending time with God. Start spending time with other people who know Jesus so they, they can help you bear that load well. As a parent, be that a mom or a dad, as a follower of Jesus, as a student, no matter your role in life, you're meant to lead in some capacity. Uh, on Wednesday, I had a uh, phone conference till about 5.30, so then I just ran quickly over to Parthenon to meet the family for dinner, 
so that we could come back here at 6.30 for connect groups, and then I had a meeting. And then while we were at that dinner, uh, Shelly said, Zach, I, I need to share something with you, but it's, it's not good news, but there's really no, no good time to, to share it. And so she shared that news with me about some friends that we had in Florida. Uh, so Patrick and Lauren were wonderful friends, um, and we had uh, gotten to know them one of our first years in marriage. So when Shelly and I got married, she had a, a year left in college. We were in Lakeland, Florida, one-bedroom apartment, and and so we were involved in a church that was there, and one of the Sunday school classes was Couples Cafe. And so we'd get together for dinners and got to know Patrick and Lauren, and uh, wonderful people. And we enjoyed doing life with them. And even when we moved to Chicago, they came up to visit us in Chicago. And uh, the way we would do that is, if somebody comes to visit, we take the train downtown. We were living in the suburbs, and, and then we run around the city, and then we've got to make sure to hike it back. And, and so Patrick, he was 6'5", 300 pounds, former Marine, big guy. And, and his wife was kind of Shelly size. And and so they were speed walking. Because, you know, when you do the train thing, like, you've got to follow a schedule. And so we had to get back so we could catch the train back to the suburbs. And, and so they were, like, hiking it, you know, way far ahead. And so Patrick, I'm just walking with Patrick. Patrick's like, hey, slow down. I feel like I'm humping it in the Marines. So eventually the, the gals did slow down for us. Uh, we caught up with them. Uh, but it was about a year later, Patrick called and, and said that he and Lauren uh, were getting a divorce. Uh, things were just not going well in life and in marriage. And uh, I only heard from him about one more time after that. We stayed in contact with Lauren. Lauren came to visit us in Israel, and, and Shelly was in her, her wedding a, a couple of years ago and continues to thrive in life. And, and Patrick did get remarried and, and uh, later had a, a little girl. Um, but the text on Wednesday uh, from Lauren, sharing with us because of our relationship with she and Patrick, she said, I want you to know that uh, Patrick took his life today. Um, man, that's, that's always hard news to hear, uh, frustrating news because of the enemy who comes to steal and kill and destroy. You cannot bear life on your own. All of us at some point realize, life is not working, I am not enough. And if you haven't come to that conclusion yet, my prayer is today you figure it out so that God can come in and help you to live the life that God would want you to live. You need to abide daily. And even if you would say, like right now, I'm doing great in life. But I'm telling you, at some point it catches up with you. And unless you've got good people in your life to help encourage you in life, you're going to fall short. Abide daily. Spend time with others who are journeying with Jesus. It's vital that you do it. Uh, I was talking with Shelly um, about Father's Day, which uh, we want to celebrate that. But I also know it can be crushing to sometimes live as a father. And if the enemy has shared and, and spoken this lie over your life that your family is better off without you. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Your family needs you in Jesus' name. Your family needs you, fathers. Your family needs you, mothers. And you need to be in their lives. It's important that you are. There's a little girl tomorrow who's going to put her dad on the ground. And she needs her dad. Thankfully, they've got other good people in their lives that will help support them through that. But that's not the way it's meant to be, folks. So I encourage you. I, I wish I could implore you. I wish I could show up to your house tomorrow at 5 a.m. and say, get up and read the Bible. You need God in your life. You need it. And if you don't have other brothers and sisters in your life that know who you are, like to the depths of who you are, you need to find those people. And Connect Groups is an on-ramp to do that. I want to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. But if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, that's the first thing you need to get right. If you don't have God in your life, things will eventually fall apart for you. They will. So if you're here today and, and you would say, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I realize that I need to follow him in order for my life to work right. 
with every head bowed in this room, if that's where you find yourself today, and you'd say, I need to follow Jesus, I need him at the center. I just want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you before we leave today. Anybody would say, that's me. I need to follow Jesus. I gotta give my life to him. Life isn't working for me. I, I realize I'm not enough and, and God's gotta come in and take over. Anybody would say, that's, that's me. I, I need help in parenting. I need help in providing for my family. Life is tough. God can come in and help. Over here in the middle, anybody else that would say, that's me? Over here on the left, anybody else that would say, I need to follow Jesus. I need to dedicate my life to him. I need to follow him over here on the right. Anybody else that would say, that's me? God, come in and take over. My prayer this morning, especially for some fathers in this space, if, if you were at the edge of the cliff, I, I pray that you turn around and head the other direction. Your family needs you. And although you are not enough, God is, and you just need to get right with God. So God, I just pray right now for each and every person that raised their hand. God, I thank you that you are enough, even when we fall short. God, I just pray that you would help us to dedicate and center our lives on you. I pray that in our seat backs today, that people that have not grabbed an Abide Daily Guide, they take it home with them today, they read it, to understand how do we abide in you daily so we can center our lives on you, so that you can renew our minds. You can do the work that you mean to do, Lord, that you can transform us from the inside out. And so God, I, I pray for all those individuals that raise their hands and say, I want to dedicate my life to God today. I just pray, Jesus, they'd be firm and steadfast in that decision. I pray against the enemy that would come in and speak doubt. Jesus, I pray that if there's any men or women who are standing at the edge of that cliff looking over it, I pray, Jesus, that they would turn and run the other direction today. Lord, I pray that we'd be dedicated to you, to service to you, knowing, Lord Jesus, that, that our life is best with you at the center. And God, I, I just pray for those that have yet to find community here, that, that haven't linked arms with others. I pray, Jesus, they find community this week. I pray, Jesus, that they would jump into a connect group and begin to build and establish relationships with others. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to live the life that you called us to live and be firm in who we are as children of God. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask some of our, our prayer team if they wouldn't mind to come. If you raise your hand, we don't like to leave you alone in that decision. We really want to give you next steps. So, hey, here's God's word. We want to get you into God's word. So we want to help give you some instruction on what it looks like to abide daily. and want to do that personally. You're not meant to journey with Jesus alone. You're not meant for it. We weren't built for that. So as we're going to sing here, some of the floor hosts may come up to say, hey, if you raise your hand, we just want to get you connected with a prayer team member so they can pray with you, give you a Bible and information on where you go from here. For everybody else in the room, may we sing. And we're going to sing a song about the life that we can build on Jesus as our foundation. So may you build your life on him. May we sing that anthem this morning.